I'm Jeff Eichler. And I'm Kirsten Rickert. And we are the hosts of the Getting Unstuck podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, did, did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand voice? Well, did you? <laughs> Here's the secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. What better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast? Kitcaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. If you're an expert in your field, have a unique story to share, or an interesting point of view, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with Kitcaster. Go to kitcaster.com slash TLLK12 or go to my webpage at stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors, click on the Kitcaster logo and apply for a special offer just for the friends of Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Lynette Gustafaro, the CEO of Teaching Matters. And we're talking about teacher support. Lots to learn today. Great free resources, too. Thanks for listening. And by the way, it would be so cool before you left if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and rate and review the podcast. Could you do that for me, please? That would be so cool. And by the way, I'll give you a shout out. Yes, I will. I'll give you a shout out on my podcast. So uh, can you go do that for me? Enjoy the show. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that will be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors, find the NVTA logo and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. Now here's Steve with this week's show. Lynette Guastafaro is the Chief Executive Officer of Teaching Matters and has more than 20 years of experience in education. She possesses a unique blend of education, nonprofit, and private sector experience. Under her leadership in responding to both research and what is happening in real classrooms, Teaching Matters has quadrupled its reach and spearheaded the design of award-winning, scalable teacher development models designed to improve teaching in over 1,000 urban schools. Ms. Guestafaro has worked as a classroom teacher, a school network leader, and a senior management consultant for Price Waterhouse Coopers. Ms. Guestafaro holds an MBA from Columbia University and a BA from Williams College. Lynette, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Hi, everybody, and thank you, Stephen. Well, I'm glad that you could join me today. And uh, let's start with you as a classroom teacher. What'd you like about working with kids? Oh, I really, really loved being a classroom teacher. Um, I worked in a, it was actually a small school in Baltimore. Um, and uh, it's funny, a lot of the things I did then are sort of coming back in vogue now with what they call culture responsive curriculum. I, uh, I, my, I had a classroom and 100, pretty much 100% of my students 
were students of color. And uh, I noticed that the curriculum that we had was really didn't cover a lot of history that I felt like the kids had learned history that I had learned, you know, that they didn't seem to, wasn't in our, in our books. And so I did a lot of changes to, to our, to, I, I changed, I did a lot of work with them to change kind of how they engaged and what got them excited, you know? And so that's what I love. I love, get, I love things which are engaging for kids and also pushes them in terms of their critical thinking. Very cool. Very cool. So the, uh, any, any particular moment come to mind that you just like, to remember or fondly think of? One of my favorite moments um, was, so I was teaching, it, this was a Catholic school and it was very, very strict. Um, the, you know, the, there was a nun that ran the school and uh, you know, everything had to be done just a certain way. And so we were, I was teaching the kids a, re- a required assignment called the friendly letter. And uh, I started to, and the kids were not particularly engaged. And so I started thinking like, who should we be writing letters to, you know? And so, we had a student that had had kind of a terrible incident in his life where someone had been killed with gun violence. And so we talked, we were talking about that issue and we were like, who should we write to this friendly letter to on this issue? And uh, we decided that we should start contacting people about the gun, you know, sort of gun issues, the problem of gun control. And um, the thing that I remember most that was really exciting was how, how do I say this? stressed out my principal got because we started getting boxes from the NRA. We got letters from the governor because my kids wrote everybody. They wrote, (laughs) they wrote the world about this problem. And all of a sudden the world started delivering responses back to them into our classroom. And so the kids were completely enthralled and I was in constant trouble. (laughs) (laughs) My principal was like, why is there, why is the governor writing you? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I had an English teacher like you once. <laughs> She'd come to me and go, I just got to tell you a little bit about what you might expect in the coming weeks. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. I bet they, they, those kids probably still remember that, I can imagine. Yeah, it was, it was really, it's, the thing that was exciting was for me, uh, the, the thing that I took away from that was when I joined Teaching Matters, we created uh, programs to help teachers to, to, to make that easier for teachers, because sometimes the work involved in that kind of learning, it's a lot of work, you know, it's, yeah. it's not in the curriculum, you know, and so we start, we started to use technology to create sites so that teachers could, you know, we would give a bunch of different issues and we would give them all the information that they needed to research, to help the kids research the issues and contact people and sort of do social justice, take action, you know, and, 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 and that, I think, is some of the essence of, of what's coming back. When we talk about, quote, culture responsive curriculum, it's about tapping into issue, like tapping into what connects to the kids' lives and then and having them be able to be sort of critically conscious of what's around them and then take action around it and get, and get engaged. And I think you can do that and still really knock it out of the park with persuasive writing and research you know, and you can really kind of push kids' critical thinking skills in that kind of work. And and what we find is that they are enthralled and totally engaged once you once you connect them to the world around them. That's awesome. Uh, I remember uh, um, I had a a parent and a, a teacher in a school where I was principal that took on uh, they got the kids focused on uh, trying to figure out how to deal with a candy that had come into was selling in not in you know, big name type convenience stores, but it was selling in, you know, the, these little shops. And it was, you know, I mean, it was basically candy that was marketed as drug par- paraphernalia. 
and sold in dime and nickel bags and uh oh, wow. and it had the emblems the symbols of that uh, certain drug on it and you know they took this to task and created uh it eventually got the attention of lawmakers um which uh, then pursued it but the the cool thing was it got the attention of the sheriff's departments in a couple of communities fast <laughs> And, yeah, uh, see, that's fantastic. I think when kids, you know, so at, at Teaching Matters, we did, we've done a lot of that work. We're supporting teachers to kind of, you know, to it's it's aligned to the standards, but it's how do you make how do you make children's learning relevant? You know, rigorous. You know, really, really rigorous, but also relevant to their lives, um, and and engage them. And obviously, with the pandemic that has been, you know, such an issue, right? With it, with it, with teaching in this virtual environment, I know the number one challenge that teachers have talked about is engagement. You know, are the kids showing up, you know, and once they're there, how do you make like these Zoom kinds of uh, experiences exciting? And, and I think there's been a lot of questioning by teachers around, you know, they're take, taking their old curriculum and we've heard a lot of teachers questioning, like what's the purpose of education? What, you know, what's the why? And there's been a push, I think, especially with this sort of kind of racial awakening that 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 uh, that, that has happened. There's just been uh, a lot of. T- I think there are a lot of teachers who are rethinking kind of the curriculum and the tests that they're doing and trying to to really think what you know what is we're teaching kids and how can we how can we engage them in ways that they can they can activate in their lives. And I'm just and and I I've just been seeing more and more of it, you know, because. Uh, I think, and I do think it's because of this online and trying to figure out how to engage kids. Gotcha. This is, it's, it, it creates the opportunities and world for it. I mean, especially the connectivity that happens out of it and uh, that uh, you, know, you didn't have before. So, I mean, uh, very interesting. Before we get too far away from this, because you've mentioned the company a couple of times. Um, so tell us a little bit, tell everyone a little bit more about Teaching Matters. I mean, um, you're the CEO, sure. and tell us a little bit more about its its why. What it's what, why does it exist? So, so Teaching Matters is a nonprofit organization, and our big why is you know is the it's really that do kids are kids getting quality education no matter what zip code they're in? And I think we know the answer is no. We know that kids that in America that our our education system is uh, is it's based on you know property taxes and uh, there are some there are has and have nots in the whole basic structure of of education and so we were founded specifically in New York to kind of target and work with communities that we knew that this that this that the schools were were structurally under resourced and also often they got the newest teachers the average uh, years of teaching in the Bronx people would be surprised that the most common is one year. Wow. And in Queens, right next door, it's 15 years, and that's such a stark difference, right? In 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 um, in in the experience level of teachers. So we were founded to really ensure that, given this structural inequity, how can we envelop those teachers with coaching and experienced teachers that can really support them? So that's our mission: is 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 equity in education. And so um, you know, and we and we approach it in a number of different ways. I mean, uh, we have a whole model that is focused on K to two reading and ensuring that every teacher, you know, you know, you know that a lot of, when teachers come out of education school, they may have had one or two reading courses, but teaching reading is really challenging stuff. And so we work with every single teacher in the school across K to two to ensure they have a common research-based approach to reading. That's one program that we have called reading matters. Um, and with COVID learning loss, that's going to be really, really critical when the kids come back. And so we have another program called Jumpstart, 
which is it's a 10-week program to help the teacher and any tutors or paras in the class to really buckle in and target the kids who are behind in reading and support them. So that's another example of kind of an equity model. We also have programs that are designed to really help schools in the conversations that they're starting to have about kind of race and racial injustice and and, and building on the idea of, of taking action on social justice. We have a program called Elevating Voices, which is really designed to bring books that are often have, have been underrepresented in the canon, books by authors of color writing about kids' lives. And, and, and we've, we've, we have created a kind of a program to support teachers, not only to teach the book and the issues in the book, but also to have kind of those tough conversations around race in, in America that, um, you know, some teachers are wanting to have more, but sometimes are uncomfortable and don't know how to approach it. Um, you know, we hear, we, during the pandemic, after the George Floyd incident, we did a webinar on kind of how to have race conversations in the classroom. And we, we couldn't keep up. I mean, that our, our systems almost blow. We had, we had thousands of teachers saying, we really want to know how to do this. And so we started to create kind of online training to support teachers in this. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's especially sometimes for white teachers to enter into that conversation. You know, it's, it, they need, uh, it can be uncomfortable. They don't know, you know, and especially if they're teaching students of color, you know, how can they approach that topic? And so we, we, te- we, we, te- we, we work with them to say like, remember your kids may, may have more experience with this topic than you do. So lean on them. You know, you run a classroom where you really have the kids speak to their experiences. You don't have to be the expert on this topic. You just want to create an environment where kids are able to kind of um, are able to talk about these issues, especially given what's been happening around them. And this is what we talk about, making school relevant to the world around children. And obviously the world in the last, you know, year or and a half with COVID and with all of the things that have gone on in, in our, in their society, kids have to make sense of this. And we all know in 50 years, it's going to be in the history books. So especially this, (laughs) so that, you know, like if they don't actually have a chance to talk about it and engage with it, you know, it'll be funny because their kids will probably be learning about this. So they need to be able to process it in school. Just a note. You made me think. So grandpa, what was it like when, did you have to wear a mask all the time? Well, I had, yeah, but I didn't do it all the time. You know, <laughs> sorry. It's, oh yeah. I remember when, I remember when we had to go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I remember when we had to wear the mask. Can't you, aren't you thrilled? There's going to be a day where we're going to say, I remember when we had to wear a mask, not wearing masks every day, but it, it will be a memory at one point eventually. Most definitely. Because then at some point, what's going to, what my grandchildren are going to get hit with is going to be. And the worst thing about it was I couldn't go to the movies. <laughs> That's what I'm going to be complaining about the most. What? Yeah, they took it all away. In the snow. You know, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what, yeah, it's wild when you think about it in those terms. That's uh, it, what they'll be asking. Yeah. So, you know, with all the shutdown and everything that's taken place and, and most of the teachers that you work with, where, where are we talking about where they come from? So we work uh, with teachers across New York, and but we are also working with teachers in a diff- couple different states. We have, you know, Tennessee, Arkansas. Um, so and and we have kind of a, a virtual coaching model, which has, which you know, when we started it, I think it was a little experimental, but obviously because of COVID, people have gotten very comfortable with this online 
coaching and learning. So, you know, we uh, we're finding that teachers really are have have, have leapfrogged their ability to kind of learn and and and, and, and get coached through technology. So, uh, we are now expanding to numbers of states that are especially states that are really interested in helping teachers kind of shift to what we call culture responsive education. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions around it and what does it really mean? And, um, and so we have a, a model where we have, you know, some institutes to really build up uh, teachers kind of core knowledge, but the, but, but the reality is, is it's all about the doing, right? So then we have a way to kind of coach them virtually. And that, that's everything from then bringing back their lesson plans and us giving feedback, planning the instruction, um, sometimes when they're hitting snags, they have questions. We can we would view and give them feedback on videos of what they're doing. So it's it's a real kind of new way to really give people. It's like you know when when people learn football, right? They don't sit at a, a, to a, go to a workshop with a bunch of powerpoints. They have a coach that's looking at the videotape, giving them feedback on their moves. So it's very exciting that this is kind of like the new way that we can really coach teachers and support them. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's uh, it, what's I, I got to say this. I mean, it's very cool. And I got to make sure that I say this. I mean, what's interesting is, like you said, this kind of leapfrog thing that happened because before the pandemic, um, you know, I used to use uh, I started using Zoom, by the way, not a sponsor of the show. <laughs> this is not brand placement, but I started using Zoom a couple of years before the pandemic because someone a guest introduced me to it. I had been using Skype and I had uh uh, I've, I've been working with it and there were people that if I'd send them the link, they go, I'm not sure I know how to use this. And I go, all you do is just click the link and just be there and be ready. And all is good. And it's a lot different now. <laughs> now, just every under the sun is pretty much, they're a little zoomed out almost, but. Uh, everybody, I think everybody's zoomed out. I totally <laughs> agree with you. Um, and I think that we're all very excited to go back into classrooms and, and, you know, I mean, I, I know that different parts of the country are doing this in different ways, but New York has been very, very virtual and uh, the city has anyway. And the, we're finally going back um, to the classroom. And I know that a lot of people have a lot of you know, fear and trepidation about returning. Some people have gotten really used to this virtual work. Um, you know, even though people, everybody couldn't stand it at first, I think that, that some of them have sort of gotten comfortable and used to it. And I keep telling even my own team, right, they've been we coach in schools, we go, you know, we have the virtual, but we also work side by side with teachers, with the kids. And, you know, I just said like, you guys, we have forgotten what we're missing because we've been in this new way for so long. We, we're all normalized with this virtual, but we're going to go back. We're going to push through this kind of fear and trepidation and we're going to go back and we're going to remember what we missed. And it's just human connection, right? Like really, truly human connection, not through Zoom. <laughs> Um, and so I, I, I think that, that once we get back, we know that teacher satisfaction really dropped, you know, with the profession and a lot of teachers were looking at leaving the profession, but I've seen in some data, some real upticks as teachers get back to school, you know, and so we're excited. We're excited to get back. Cool. I, I was going to ask you, you know, cause it actually just hit on something that's, it's rather intriguing also is that, yeah, I think a lot of states were starting to experience that. The need to get back is so important because I think a, a lot of teachers were deciding, I'm just going to retire and because uh, I can't keep pushing this this world, whatever this is, however it was defined for them. And uh, uh, and in, you know, and what we're starting to see now is, you know, a lot of adults excited about you know being able to see <laughs> being the same place with the kids. Yeah. And uh, I, I was going to ask you what you know, if, if you were to talk about uh, the state of the, you know, the teachers as this is coming back to 
face from from the online remote teaching to the face to face. I mean, what are their biggest concerns? What's some of them that they're they're really focused on that you guys might be helping with? Well, I think um, you know number. I think number one concern is that that teachers have going back is just you know safety with respect to COVID and health. Right. That's that's clearly number one. Um, I think the second thing that they're concerned about you know, is potentially the, what we call the, the unfinished learning, the learning loss, however different people are calling it different things, but that, that there may be, uh, that kids, different kids had such different experiences. There are some kids that have supports at home and, and maybe have even kept up. And then there are other children that um, for, for whatever reasons may not have even had access to, to school. Um, it's a real wide range. And even in the same communities, we see that there's a pretty drastic range. And so my biggest fear would be going back. It's one thing to go back and everybody's kind of like behind by X number of months, but it's really hard when you've got some kids who are like, you know, a year behind and other kids who are not. That's tough for teachers. I think that if I was a teacher, my biggest fear would be the need for differentiation in the classroom and how some kids are going to need a lot more supports than others. And so one of the models that we're looking at uh, that we are providing is a model called Jumpstart, where we're working with the school and there'll be tutors in these schools. There's a lot of funding that's now being put in there for, for and to create something that can really identify the kids, you know, through assessment, formative assessments that were, where they have gaps and, and need to catch up and, and, put together something that's like real kind of intensive 10 weeks to catch them up on reading skills, catch them up on, on potentially math skills. Um, those kinds of, of models have to be put into place. I, I get that. Cause that's, you know, and where I am, they've had a, anywhere for the most part around like 35% that just kind of disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, those are the ones you got to worry about the most. Cause it's like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I was a kid who I think the only thing that this, online world would have done to me would have been um it would have encouraged me to just continue procrastinating in certain areas <laughs> but uh um but i probably would have survived okay because at some point i would have had to get my act together and and move forward because i just recognized that but with some of the kids that have disappeared i don't know i if i just stopped going and stopped doing i can't imagine what that would be like to suddenly have yeah. to be caught up again I mean, such, that's such a huge number. If it's really true in, in that community, 35% of kids were not um, attending school. And I, we have seen, um, we've seen a range of numbers. Uh, it's really, it really varies so widely, um, but you do have to, I mean, and we also know that like COVID has hit some communities much harder than others. You know, talk about New York, like especially communities of color, it's been really, you know, where the, where communities have more frontline workers, you know, where parents were going to work, whether the schools were going to, take the kids or not, they just have to go to work. And right. so what, you know, what's going on with the kids? And, um, you know, so that, that's going to be the challenge coming back is this, those kids, first of all, for kids who are in high school, you know, I think there's this fear that will they even come back, you know, for, for kids that have been sort of out of the pattern of going to school for, 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 and we have to get those kids back into school. Um, with the younger kids, my big worry is, you know, that second grader who has never really been in school before. Second grade will be the first time that they're going to class. There's a lot of social, emotional, you know, uh, just kind of getting yourself organized, executive, what we call executive functioning skills that you develop in kindergarten and first grade, how to be in school. And so for them to be doing that for the first time in second grade, you know, the teachers are going to have to start differently than they've done in the past, really getting to know my kids 
You know, who are they? What's happened to them over the last year? You know, we're going to have to really check in with our children and know our students, know what they've been through. Did, you know, did they lose a family member? You know, is there trauma? It's, it's going to be a different world coming back. I think that, um, you know, and it's hard because on one level, I think we're nervous about the academics because they could be behind. But it, what we know is that if, you know, the first step is going to be to really engage with children socially and from a social emotional perspective and really connect. And then if you can make those connections, then you can catch kids up. You know, kids learn much better when they feel a real strong affection for their teachers. And there's an opportunity here because kids have been through a lot. I think kids really appreciate their teachers. I was grateful for my son's teachers. Uh, you know, he he's sitting in his house day after day. He's really sick of his mom. And I could hear the teacher checking and be like, how are you doing? You know, and, and he was responding to her the way he didn't respond to me. I was thrilled, you know. Hey, Steve here. And my podcast, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, is hosted on Podbean. If you use my affiliate link when you sign up for podcast hosting, you will get one month free. I've been on Podbean for the whole existence of my podcast since November of 2013. In that time frame, I've had nonstop service. I've had easy access to assistance when I needed help. I've been able to upload unlimited pictures and podcast episodes. The dashboard is easy to use. And my Podbean community has grown tremendously. Looking at starting a podcast? Well, use my affiliate link to get one month free of hosting. Go to my website at stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors and click on the Podbean hosting link to see what plans are offered and choose the one that you like the best. You'll be glad you did. That's cool. That's, uh, yeah, that's something that uh, just as a side note you may think about is that uh, uh, you got me going down two different paths here. One is, one is that, I mean, that's a huge aspect of needing, I think, to have the face-to-face is that um, where the teachers make that connection with the kids and uh, the world that uh, is there. You know, this, that social interaction that takes place and helping them uh, connect with whatever it is that they're working on and and uh, ensuring them that things will be all right. And then, and then along with that, though, is that aspect of I would think kids really need this world to be all You know, at some point, this world needs to sh- to let them do the things they want to do. Um, otherwise, there may be long lasting types of, you know, for lack of a better word, trauma that uh, could come come out of that, I would think that, uh, I mean, what's funny is that just as a note, you know, what, what I do in my work world is we do um, training, uh, set up training for school systems and, and teachers and, and we work with them and I do training myself. And and over the last couple of weeks, we've started, actually the last couple of months, we've started having a few more um, face-to-face type groups, even though social distancing, but you know, more of them come together. But the first thing they do is exactly what the kids do, which I think is funny, is they all come together. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's great to see you. you know, and they're talking and talking. And, and uh, we just had a, a, a conference just a couple of weeks ago in uh, South Georgia that brought all these educational leaders together. And uh, it's, you know, it's, I mean, I was personally, I was stoked because I mean, it's like, it's nice to see people really do exist, not just in these little bitty boxes. Absolutely. I, uh, it, that's what I'm saying. That what I, what I think is what I've heard is that when teachers go back, um, there's so much trepidation. Um, I talked to a school leader and uh, cause I was talking about bringing my team back, you know, and uh, going back to the office, going back to schools. And she was like, look, here's the deal. There's nothing you can do. They're going to hate you. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and you, you know, they're just going to be miserable and you're going to be the bad guy. But in a couple of weeks, they are going to be so much happier. So you just got to push people through right now. You know, that's kind of the role of leadership is just to kind of steer people to this next phase. 
because we all gotten used to it. We've all normalized being, you know, away from each other and, and, and talking to each other's these little boxes. And we've sort of gotten comfortable, I think, to some degree. We have, you know, this is just a note. Uh, there's an insurance company out there that has an awesome commercial where they make fun of the Zoom meetings and they have it down pat. <laughs> there's always somebody who has their microphone on when they shouldn't. And, you know, there's all kinds of other things going on, you know, hello, hello, can you hear me? <laughs> and, you know, and that's, that's talking about normalizing. We've gotten so used to it that you just kind of shake it off. Cause you know, it's always going to be the same people in the meeting that are, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's usually me. <laughs> that's funny. My favorite one is one of, in the world that I, I have that we have once a month at these meetings, there's always the one guy who always, you get to hear his car because <laughs> he has, <laughs> he's going to use his phone. So you hear him get into the car, tink, tink, the beep, 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 <laughs> you know, the, the starting, it's like, what's that? So now we're used to it. There's no longer, it's just, we know who's on, who's online. He doesn't realize that we can hear him. <laughs> we're <Yeah>. good. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I, I, it's funny. I think that when we go back to, you know, when we finally get back to some version of the past, we're going to look back on this with some pretty funny memories. Yes. Yeah, so they will become funny because we're out of the, because <laughs> yeah, we're out of it. Yeah. Yes. Cause that, Oh my gosh, this is, uh, you know, so t tell me just a little bit about, uh, you know, so we were talking about uh, teachers. You told us a lot about the programs and such, and I and I know that a, a lot of what you uh, um, have done is, is you, know, you create professional development to help keep teachers um, focused on uh, on uh, what their learning needs are. I mean, what do you think is going to be their greatest demand now that the kids are coming back? I mean, we're coming out of the sorry, I want to call it box land. We're coming out of uh, out of the uh, the Zoom world and going back into the classroom. What do you think some of their their they're as teachers, their demands are going to be. Yeah. Um, so we're hearing when schools contact us about, you know, what, what they need for next year. You know, there's, there's a, again, there's this, this concern about um, really being able to figure out where kids are and the learning and the learning loss or the unfinished learning and how to attack that, like in a, in, in support teachers. So they're kind of not on their own doing it. How do we do that systematically across the school? How do we set up, you know, over the years, set of good formative assessments to really kind of track where kids have started and are we, are we successfully catching them up on those kind of key skills? The other piece I think is, you know, there's concern about uh, trauma and the social emotional and how do, how should teachers best address some of those issues? Um, and, and then there's also concerns for kids that I think this was a very difficult environment for, so kids, you know, kids are, uh, sort of English as a, as, you know, those who were, who were not necessarily English speakers or kids who are special, special education. Um, there's a lot of, of requests for people who can support teachers, support those kids, because they know that there's going to be. Um, kind of even more needs and for, for some for, for them. So those are the areas that we're kind of hearing, um, need, you know, need need and support. Gotcha. And I was, I was kind of wondering if it uh, if that's an area that uh, you think that one of the areas you might have to try and figure out how to support them also will be the stress associated with that. The idea that I mean, because a lot of the the great teachers that I know they care so much. It's frustrating when you you're struggling trying to make a you know, trying to catch them up. I, I can envision this right now. I'm trying to catch them up, trying to get them caught up. And, and we got these three over here who we can't even find. And we got, and, uh, you know, did, I mean, is, is that something that uh, you guys might try and figure out how to figure out how to keep them from, I guess what I'm talking about is getting away from what leads to burnout and things like yeah. that. 
We do a lot with our website. Uh, uh, people, I'd love people to come visit at teachingmatters.org um, around like the need for teachers around things like mindfulness and taking care of themselves. And, you know, um, uh, and that's been really, really important during COVID because, the, the, the you know, as we know, teacher burnout is really high. Teacher dissatisfaction with the profession was, was the highest I've ever seen it, understandably. Um, and again, those numbers are now getting you know, back closer to where they used to be, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, I think teacher burnout is a real issue and a concern. I think we're going to see some retirements. I think we're going to see a lot more vacancies. I think there's going to be a lot of, if you want to be a teacher, I think there's going to be plenty of jobs out there um, for you. And, you know, it's teachers, it's it's like any, any job, but teachers have to find that balance because if you don't stay in the profession, then you're definitely not helping the kids, right? So do what you need to do to take it. Put your own oxygen mask first, as they say, nice. so that you can then then you can really um, support other kids. And 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 we need people so badly right now um, that. And that's why I am you know the work that we do at Teaching Matters. We we directly coach during this time period directly one on one fifteen hundred teachers. Wow. And I just shared that with the staff, and I was like, that's fifteen hundred teachers that had a person who they could really connect with and share where their challenges were and someone was listening to them. And I bet you that's 1500 teachers who are probably not quitting <laughs> and had at least that kind of lifeline. Not that teachers don't, teachers can do that for each other, but sometimes it's good to be able to talk to somebody that's not in the mix of your school and who can really give you uh, support, whether it's academic guidance or sometimes our coaches do a lot of um, support when teachers are feeling overwhelmed just helping them structure and say okay wait hold on let's what comes first what comes second you know let's let's try to get a handle around it i think that's important especially like what you said it's it's outside their school it's from i guess it's a little easier to show that you need some assistance (laughs) Um, yeah you can really be vulnerable and just you know and say like this is you know no one's evaluating you where it's just a support model and um i i mean i think everybody needs that Oh, I think so too. I, I I totally agree with you, especially in, a, in just to be able to have that person to say, um, "Okay, just just let me be real with you for a second, all right?" Because this is yeah. <laughs> and and if you're not vulnerable about where you're really struggling, then you're not going to improve. I mean, that's that's key. So um, you know, and I think some principals do a really good job of creating school environments where that just happens, and teachers really support each other. You know, sometimes that's not the case in schools, and teachers really do need those supports, and so. You know, we say to the principals all the time, say, look, you know, give us some of your folks that, you know, are struggling, let them have that conversation with us. And we, you know, it's a safe space for them. And then we can really help, we can, we can help them, you know, and, and get, take that pressure off the principal. Because some, I, I also, we worked, I was a network leader and supported a, a group of 28 urban principals and, and the pressure on principals to, re, same with when you have kids at different levels, when you're a principal and you've got teachers at many different levels, it's stressful. You know, a few struggling teachers who could be new and what, what for whatever reason is really exhausting for that principal. So, you know, having a, a having an outside uh person to help them with some of their most challenging areas before, you know, it's just, it's just a great way to lessen the stress for everybody, both the teacher and the school leader. Very much so, because that's a, you know, that's an aspect of, uh, yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head. Everybody's at different levels. And so then you're expected to try and figure out how to part those waters, you know, whatever the, the saying might be to, to be able to walk through them gently and then, Sorry, the only thing that keeps coming to my mind is a very outdated reference, but tiptoe through the tulips in some cases. And, uh, you know, and it's like, uh, 
Um, and in some cases, it's not possible to do that. You're going to be stomping all over them. And, and, uh, um, and part of it's simply because there's so much stuff coming at you. And right now it's going to be tremendous as you're, I mean, I, as, as you're going back face to face, you're going to have some staff members who are going to be concerned about going back face to face. You're going to have others that are like, let just, just put me in my classroom and let me go. And you get, and then yeah. the district pressures and things like that. Yeah, I think, and principals are, are going to have the same issue as teachers. Like some, some, I see it, you know, and, and there, people, people have been through a lot in the last 18 months. You know, we see like the levels of depression and anxiety are very high. It's going to take a while for us to kind of back, get back and normalize. And so you're going to have a faculty where you may have, how do you keep the, the uh, temperature, you know, kind of in a healthy place when you have, you may have some people that have had, who may have lost family, who have been through so much. Um, you know, so the same advice for teachers is for principals. You're going to have to pay extra attention to the social-emotional aspect of your work um, and supporting people as, as they return back to normalcy. Very much so. I think that's, uh, you know, I think that that's also on the, on the supervisors of the principals, which is to kind of pay attention to, <laughs> with, uh, you know, if you have some of them that are starting to um, implode, <laughs> Um, but it, at all levels there, because that's something that uh, I, I think it's going to be a for a little bit. It's going to be a, a lot of that type of thing, because you're also going to have demands from, you know, because you're going to have parents who are concerned. I've sent my kid. All right. I want my kid coming back healthy. <laughs> um, right. And, right. Uh, you know, what are you doing there? And it's just any number of things happening. So, um, I, I, Lynette, I appreciate all the stuff you're talking to me about. But let's. Let's go this direction for just a second. If you had a chance to talk with an audience full of teachers that are getting ready to start the fall of 21 school year, and so it's before the, you know, it's just as we're getting ready to open up and uh, start the new school year after this last school year that's been what it's been, what's something you'd want to tell them? I think one thing I would say is that we know it's going to be really important to establish strong relationships with students this year more than ever. But the bent, but one of the positives you have is that the kids haven't, the kids have missed each other and they're going to be so excited to get back. And you got to leverage that. You got to tap into how much I think happier they're going to be, even with all the issues going on, there's going to be like a, an excitement and an enthusiasm to get. To, and, and I think there's, there's, going to be this opportunity to really focus on creating just a really warm, engaged classroom climate where kids are really good to each other and, you know, and, sh and, and share some of their experiences that have happened over the, you know, like give them the opportunities to kind of process and, and um, leverage what they've learned because our kids have been through an, a really critical time in history, right? This is like kids that went through World War II and so they've actually got a lot of knowledge that is not yet in the history books, but will be in the future. And there's an opportunity, I think, to take advantage of that. Like you want to teach them, teaching kids writing skills and, and all those things, like use this experience um, because they, they, you want to tap into the assets. Like this hasn't been 18 months of nothing going on. They're, they've learned all sorts of lessons over the last 18 months that most kids never had a chance to learn or absorb. You know, and so it's kind of, you know, so two, I guess a couple things. One is build that really classroom environment, leverage the experiences that kids are bringing back to school and also leverage the fact that they're going to be happy to be back. Most of them really happy. Um, so I think that's a nice thing to walk into. Very much so. I think that's a, a super positive about uh, 
you know, the silver lining of the of the cloud, whatever you want to call it. I think that's I'm the. I'm always about the silver lining, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome because it's uh, you know, that's that that's such an important message. I think is that they need to realize that the kids are going to be excited for the most part to be back and seeing their friends and seeing people and uh, and having some normality start happening. You know, that's a different, you know, back to what they think of as normality. I mean, it's just, I think that's so cool. Thanks for talking about that. I got, you know, I got, uh, we're about to finish up and I was just wondering if you might uh, want to say a few things about if someone wanted to learn more about Teaching Matters, where they reach out uh, and, um, and find out. So uh, our website is www.teachingmatters.org. Um, please come and visit. We have a bunch of free resources online. We developed over the course of the pandemic many, many weeks of material for teachers to teach remotely. And that material is still available and 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 uh, free. And and the thing I'm really proud about it, a lot of digital curriculum, you know, it's sort of like you, you sign in. This is where teachers can take it, edit it, make it their own, do whatever they want with it. And it's aligned to standards. So come, come visit our website for all the free stuff that you can use. And, you know, if you're administrators and you're concerned about teachers going back into the fall and you're interested in, supporting those teachers academically or with these other things, you know, you know, give us a call. We would love to talk about ways to partner. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll make sure that uh, your website's in the show notes. So it's easy for them to find and, uh, and reach out. Uh, the, uh, I got a couple questions I want to ask you before we go. And the first one goes like this, Lynette, how do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Oh, that's such a great question. How do you keep going? Um, well, one, one thing I think you do is you take a break. If you're, if you're really at a, at a point where you're, it, I, I have found the benefit of walking away for 24 hours, possibly like really just that give yourself a break. If you're really overwhelmed, walk away for a bit. If you can find a way to walk away and then come back. So I would say that's my number one advice is like, that's one thing I've learned in, in this pandemic that I don't think I knew before. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like, I like that. That's, that's good. Walk away and just, uh, you know, it's a, yeah, okay. just get yourself, be good to yourself a little bit. I like that. I like that. Uh, last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Oh my goodness. I have a few, but there's one in particular. Her name was Miss Coleman. She was my second grade teacher. I had my, we moved around a lot. I was born in the Bronx. Uh, we changed. I, I went to a lot of schools and uh, I arrived and I think, you know, the school kind of didn't see me and they sort of put me, you know, the kids were grouped at those days by ability. And Miss um, Coleman, I remember she came over and after one day she picked me up and she moved me up two levels in math. And two, like it was, it was a teacher that really saw me and, um, and had the most incredible engaging classroom I, I, to this day, you know, everything we learned was experiential. And so I remember that I remember that she was the teacher that made me want to be a teacher. That's what she did for me. That's awesome. I love that. That is so cool. Good stuff. Well, Lynette, thank you so much for talking with me today. Teaching Matters is an awesome focus and is making a difference in the world and wishing you the best in uh, all you do. Thank you, Stephen. Boone Titanium Rings, found on the web at boonrings.com, is an affiliate partner of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. And I'm also a customer. I have this really cool ring that's got these carved pistons and, and stars in it. I love it. They make rings of titanium that are carved, laser cut, and engraved, as well as they have inlays of many types of materials like meteorite, acrylic, wood, carbon fiber, and so many other types. They also have special collections that are incredible designs. One of the top sellers are the Gamer Rings, the Stealth Series, and the Black Zirconium. As a note, they also make 
make earrings, pendants, cufflinks, and for you musicians, they make cool trumpet mouthpieces. Love it. Go to boonrings.com and at checkout, use my code, capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, number 12, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out. I love my ring and I know that you will love yours. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.